You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This is Front Row, and I'm your host, James Whiteside, principal dancer and choreographer with American Ballet Theater and the author of Center Center. Take a seat in the front row as I discuss the creative process and the business of creativity with the world's brightest stars. Jennifer Garner is an American actor known for roles such as Sidney Bristow in the TV smash Alias, Jenna Rink in the classic comedy 13 Going on 30, and Alison Torres in Netflix's Yes Day, among countless others. Jennifer works as an activist for early childhood education and is a board member of Save the Children USA. She is the co-founder and chief brand officer of the organic baby food company Once Upon a Farm. She is also an advocate for anti-paparazzi campaigns among children of celebrities. Jennifer is an avid ballet and dance fan and has been a champion of her favorite dancers and dance companies. On this episode of Front Row, Jennifer and I talk about her beginnings in dance and how it's shaped her career as an actor. We also talk about the origin of our unlikely friendship, which has been such a joy to explore. Jen talks about managing expectations, outside criticism, and navigating celebrity. She is truly a joy to interview and an angel of a person. Enjoy this episode of Front Row with my guest, Jennifer Garner. Jennifer Garner, welcome to Front Row. I'm so happy you're here. I'm so happy to be here. James B. Whiteside. I forget what the B stands yes. for. Fill me back in. Bruce. Bruce, of course. James Bruce. Yeah. Yeah, Bruce. I I relate to Batman in this way. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, I, I think a couple people may have heard of you already. So I'm going to just avoid basic questions. And, and ask you some hopefully interesting things. How does that sound? It sounds terrifying. I know how to answer the basic questions, but let's go for it. Wait, well, now that I want to know what the most basic question that people ask you is. Um, oh, the most basic question is like, I don't know, depends on which part of my life you're talking about, but uh, how do you balance motherhood and work? Hmm. The answer is, by the way, if you really want to know the true answer, no one does. It's it's like it's like where you're constantly tripping and just barely catching yourself before you face plant. Yeah, you're uh you know, you are the avalanche and you're just hoping that <laughs> yeah. you don't bury everybody else alive. <laughs> it's possible. Every day is a new possibility. Anyway, okay. Yeah. So that there you have it. We got that out of the way. 
Yeah, mine is always, uh, you know, when did you start dancing? Oh, barf, and right? I'm like, uh, I don't know. What, what is that even interesting? <laughs> Why is that the go-to? Um, I should just say things like, oh, like three months ago. <laughs> They're going to be like, what? So speaking of dance, I'd love to know more about your relationship to dance. What, what did dance play in your childhood? It played an outsized role in my childhood, really, considering you know, where I grew up, um, and my physical makeup and my just basic talent level. Um, (laughs) there's no reason that I should have spent as many hours, um, dancing as I did. It's just, I think my older sister's extraordinary. Um, my little sister's extraordinary and they're, and very different, um, more, very academic ways. And I, which made me think that I wasn't smart, but, uh, um, that was, that was middle sister issue. But anyway, um, so I had to kind of find my own way and the dance studio became that specifically because I had this really dynamic, very hardcore ballet teacher whom Mm. you've heard me talk about before. And, uh, she just really was my other parent. She, she was very hard on me. Um, and now she's very sweet to me <laughs> and, uh, but still we'll call and say, why are you doing this? And why do you do that? And, you know, I love her. So speaking of, you know, having a teacher as sort of a third parent, what, I don't know, do you feel like you've adopted any parenting skills that you got from your dance teacher? Um, she, lived by the ethos, how you do anything is how you do everything. She did everything full out with great conviction, um, (laughs) tomorrow Stro. Um, and so that was, she ran, she was the ballet teacher and she had the local ballet company. She, uh, also ran and still runs the local musical theater company, which is incredibly, elevated for this little town all because of her hundred percent. She's this is West Virginia. Yeah, this is Charleston, West yeah. Virginia. And, um, she was also a math teacher at the high school. So she was, you know, the newspaper articles about her were just like, see Nina run. It was all, she was just like, and she was a former Miss West Virginia, but she just worked her tail off. She would literally, I remember, mm. I remember just many times happening upon her just to sleep in the middle of a floor somewhere. But she was the head of the West Virginia Dance Association. She made sure we had opportunities for scholarships. She made sure that we were, she took us to New York and we took class at Steps and we took class, you know, she made sure that we saw a little bit of the world. She took us to Broadway shows and that's kind of major. And she also, um, because she's a teacher teacher, she made us sit and learn, um, she made us do like an 11 page written test every year. And so we had to learn phrases. We had to sit and watch, um, you know, Balanchine's choreography compared to, you know what I mean? Like we had to learn what neoclassicism meant and what it meant. Like, Mm -hmm. and while, so that's as far as my ballet, you know, education really goes. I danced in college, but it was more like to make people in class laugh. Um, (laughs) (laughs) It was a, and so there are so many things you guys talk about that I know, but I don't really know. Or people will talk yeah. about choreography. I'm like, I, I don't really know. I just watch them. I don't really, you know. But now I'm just, <laughs> it, it made me a, a very educated, passionate fan. 
Hmm. That's really beautiful. I mean, what a teacher. My teachers did a similar thing in which they would bring us to New York. We would take class at Steps and Broadway Dance Center and, uh, you know, all ranges of styles. I remember coming into the city and seeing The Lion King when, you know, in the 90s. And I was just blown away by the production, the dancing, the music. Um, it, it was really special and really inspiring. Yeah, it is. You You have to, if you see it, you can be it. Yeah. I mean, sort of. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, speaking of dance also, what do you use in your work on uh, on screen from your dance training? I use uh, discipline, habit. Um, I use, I'm not afraid to be physical, whether it's, you know, Mm. a fight scene, which is an obvious that to me made the most sense in the world. I remember seeing Charlie's Angels and just being like, wait a minute, that it, I've, mm-hmm. I've spent my whole life training for that. If there's any, I can do that, you know, and, and I really could. And I loved it. I loved it, loved it. Um, and I'm not afraid to not know how to do something and to dive in. And I think that that comes from dance as well, although I've never learned to tap and I've been trying to dive into that for years. Um <laughs> Tap is so hard. Tap is so hard. It's so hard. But more than that, I really had to learn because I mostly wanted to present as a ballet dancer when I was younger. Mm. So I walked like a, you know, I walked in a really exaggerated way and, and I had a very, you know, exaggerated posture and I had to learn to let all of that go. And Mm. that was, that was really hard. Just getting my toes to track under my knees was it was so mm. that I didn't stand out that was a big deal yeah that sort of performative statement that I'm a dancer I'm a ballet dancer that sort of goes away as you get older I feel the same yeah there were so many summer programs sorry go ahead totally no not at all but I used to um I I had a really hard time learning to be subtle because I wanted mm. to you know like I had done enough story, little bits of story ballets that I, I wanted to really perform them and make sure that I was hitting the back row. Part of that's just my yeah. natural personality. I still kind of do that a little and that's too bad. But um, but that definitely <laughs> was something that I've had to learn, you know, to like take it back. It's a close up, you know. But anyway, oh what were you saying? I can't imagine. Yeah, about summer. No, I was for- just going to say the summer programs and things that we used to do that are still being done all around the world. But um, I remember you could spot the people going to the studios for the summer program a mile away. It was all these young people, young girls in tights with their toes flipped out to the side, really tight buns, like just a leotard on the street. It's so unhinged. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, wait, I... Did we connect? We connected originally through Instagram. Is that's correct? Yeah, yeah. You guys yeah. were why I started. You guys are why I got Instagram because people kept telling me. Sorry, my kid's having a crisis at school. Not really. She's just oh. trying to decide if she should drop a class, and she's making me crazy. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the. I saw you guys and you reminded me of the friendships that I had in ballet. I think that that's another thing is that there's a different kind of camaraderie in, in dance or in theater in general than, and especially in dance, because you go through it in every way you come up together, you go in, you're in class together, you're in rehearsal, you perform, it's like all smushed together and it doesn't really change them. The company doesn't change that much, you know? Um, Mm. And I saw you and Cindy together and I, you know, I had that dumb feeling that you have that is like, Oh, I 
feel like I should be friends with them. <laughs> and just because I'm a celebrity, I was able to just like kind of make it happen. Whereas people might say that about you or me and then it's like, oh, that's nice. But um, <laughs> it's so awful. Oh, I just weaseled my way in. I was just like, eh, 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 eh. oh, no, no, you were so welcome. You know, it was really sweet the way that you raise awareness of ballet up. You know, I think you really feel like a sort of guardian angel of ballet at this time where ballet feels really fraught and attacked. And um, to have someone, you know, singing its virtues is really rare right now. And so I'm grateful. I know ballet dancers literally around the world are grateful for your support, basically. Thank you. I'd like to talk about social media. I at this stage in in the game, I have um, my reservations regarding social media, and and I feel like I'm biting the hand that feeds me a little bit because I work a lot on social media. Like I do a lot of sponsorships and this, that, and the other. As I know you do as well. I'd like to talk about your relationship to social media and why you decided to really go for it. Because I remember there was a time when you sort of just showed up on social media and you were like, I'm doing this. What led you to that? Oh, it was very simple. You would never have seen me on there. Or at least it would have been, a I don't know what it would have been, but it was, um, I became a co-founder of a company once upon a farm. And part of the, um, part of the, my contract was that I had to be on Instagram and Facebook. Mm. And so I really believed in the company. I really believed in the product. And so I just said, okay, but I'm going to do it my own way. And that's, that's just been really my guiding factor or my guiding light is I, I understand everyone's complications with it. I have my own, but I really only give what I want to give. Um, I'm Mm. pretty guarded actually. Yeah. It seems very, uh, thoughtful the way you approach it. Thank you. And I think that's really important for a person of, you know, your visibility. I mean, if I can imagine uh, what sort of weasels come out of the woodwork to, to attack you on the internet. And, and I want to ask also how you deal with that sort of vulnerability of being super visible on the internet. Well, I think I've probably talked to you about this before. So pardon me if I'm just repeating myself to you, but I'm super diligent, like a hundred percent of the time, majorly um, disciplined about not seeing anything in the press. It's, I just updated my computer and it, it gave me Apple news again. And I went, I went straight Mm -hmm. on and deleted it. I won't have Apple news. I can't look at the only things I can look at are New York times, Washington post, wall street journal, and that's it. And my Instagram is super clean of any celebrity stuff at all. I just, I don't want to yeah. see me. I don't want to see people I know. It, it, it doesn't feel good to me. And yeah. I realized seeing paparazzi pictures of me, I, I, I can't go through the world thinking about how I look. I have too much I'm trying to do because I really am trying to parent these kids and I really am trying to do all these different things. And, and, you know, you can, I, I don't, I'm not good at doing that and putting myself together. Some people are, I think one is really actually does, but mm. I think people can, I just can't. So then I cannot look at the pictures cause they upset me. 
Because I think I don't look like a witch in real life, I don't think. But <laughs> you know what I mean? But if I see paparazzi pictures or something, I just think, oh. Yeah. Oh, so I read somewhere that you are a part of an organization that works to sort of separate the paparazzi from the celebrities, uh, the children of celebrities. Am I correct? Is that is that real? Yeah, years ago, um, Halle Berry. We'd uh, all pop, um, celebrities had been kind of gathering, talking about because they were paparazzi were becoming more and more dangerous, just full on dangerous. Mm-hmm. You know, I would go through a yellow light, and there would be honestly on a weekend there'd be fifteen cars go through the red behind me. They would go up on people's lawns. They would cut each. There were wrecks all the time behind me, and this is with me with blinkers on not breaking mm-hmm. laws because I was so afraid someone was going to get hurt because mm. of me. I mean, we would go, my kid, when they were little, um, we had a soccer game and there were so many paparazzi that they asked us to not come anymore because <laughs> we were ruining it for the other families. But it was like, there were mm. 30, you know, it wasn't a small thing. It was just, we were really trapped and, and I would take a kid, sick kid to the pediatrician and there'd be so many of them getting me walking in with a kid on my shoulder that, and they wouldn't let me in. They'd just be standing there taking pictures, you know, until I'd like was crying begging. And so it just was so ridiculous that it feels like, Oh, woe is me. You never want to be somebody who's been given so much and complaining about it. But at the same time, it was, it was not safe for anyone. Um, and the police were very much wanting us to figure out a way to make it better. Um, and so we started meeting and the person who had the most traction with it was Halle Berry. And she was, she found a, a way in and she found a Senator who was willing to um, support, you know, and write a bill. And she got it really far. And then, then she said, will you come and testify? And I worked on that speech. Like I have never worked on a speech. It was so important. Everybody took a turn like helping me work on this speech. And wow. I, she and I went to the Capitol together and um, delivered this speech and, she was successful and I got to be a part of it. And then piggybacking on that, Kristen Bell went to all of the organizations, like all the different magazines and said, can we please agree to not print kids' faces? So there, I think they only print kids in, you know, some really shitty like Daily Mail or some shit like that that I would yeah. never see. Um, but yeah, so it's got, it's, it's still there. I mean, I took my son to school today and there were four, but they aren't with me now. I don't think if I go out mm. and it used to be that there would have been 10 or 12. So I'll take it. Do you think, um, do you think there's less for them to do that now that everybody has a phone? I hope so. I hope that we are putting <laughs> them out of business. What, what I yeah. don't show though is me mothering and me parenting mm-hmm. and that, you know, and I don't show my personal life. So they're trying to catch that all the time. Yeah. Whatever. And what led you to, put that wall up between your life and the public. Because, um, you know, for me, I'm like a, a triple Z list sort of internet person. And uh, I find it just easier to be open about what, what's going on for me. I love that you're open. Well, I'm just afraid that someone's going to find something out and then I'll, you know, I'll feel silly and just feel like I should have been open about it in the first place. Yeah, I understand that. Um, but I do think that in being open, you are a gift to people. And also, I'm so in love with Schmoggy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's the he's best. He's the best. What a cutie. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. 
I love him for taking care of you. Uh, so anyway, the, what led me to that was kind of common sense, you know, just like, Mm. why should my kids be, I don't know. It doesn't, it never made sense to me for, um, my kids to be part of what, you know, their parents were doing. Yeah, absolutely. I, I respect that. And I think it's correct as well. Not that you need my opinion, but I, I support. <laughs> well, we'll see because a lot of kids, I mean, I, I, a lot of my friends and colleagues, um, their kids love participating in what their parents are doing. And they're really helpful in that way. And they're learning a different side of themselves. So I, mm. I don't judge them. I just knew that for me, um, with the, the lens that was on my little family, it, it would have been, it was too much. Yeah, Absolutely. I mean, I can't imagine having a child, let alone, you know, dealing with paparazzi and such. You know, I could barely take care of my cat. May she rest. Miss <laughs> Bit, is it? Yeah, Miss Bit. Yeah, she, she was really cute. You pulled that I out, know. you know. I remember pets' names more than I remember people's names. Of course. The more, the more, yeah, they're, they're so better. cute. Yeah. Their names, Jennifer and James, like, shoot us now. Oh, how's Moose? Moose is a doll. He's handsome as ever. He reminds me of you, Lion. The video of you washing moose brought me so much joy. (laughs) So happy for you. It brought me a lot more scratches than I even showed. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Oh, was it worth it? Question mark. It had to happen. It wasn't like, I mean, it it wasn't like, should I wash moose's ass or shouldn't I? Moose, my cat, had, um, had pooped his pants basically. And it was, he's a, has a lot of fluff and it was caught and it was everywhere. And the whole, he was about to drag it all over the whole house. I mean, it had to happen or else it was like, (laughs) I don't know that or put him in the street. I don't know. So my, my mother had a cat, pardon me. My mother had a cat named Maggie and Maggie was a Persian and her boyfriend at the time had given her this cat. And if anyone gives me an animal for any sort of present or birthday or whatever, I'm going to say, are you insane? But naturally, she thought it was the best thing ever. But this cat is a Persian with really long hair, and they're very prone to matting and just, you know, pooping their pants, as you like to say. And I remember visiting my mother and just seeing this poor cat with, like, just a poop tail, (laughs) waving it around, poo flag. And yeah, so that's that's what I think of when I think of moose now. <laughs> he, he could get there. He could get there. I won't let it happen. <laughs> no, no, he's very lucky to have you washing his butt. All right. Well, things have devolved on front row. Um, I'd like to talk about uh, what you're working on currently. You just wrapped a project, right? I just wrapped a, a long um, project. It was 82 shooting days. Um, the last thing he told me. It was really intense and it was really intense. And somebody was saying, can you believe that on Alias you did that nine months a year and then you would do a movie in the summer? And it's true. I did. Um, and those hours were even were much more intense and I literally never had a, a day off. Um, mm. But A, I didn't have kids. And B, I honestly, I work harder at the doing of it now. I'm more serious about working with my acting coach, you know, doing like my character was a wood turner and I turned wood for eight months to learn how to do it. And I, you know, I'm just, I had rehearsal for months and months and on weekends. And, um, Mm. so I just am more 
focus because I think I, I just take it more seriously. I think um, at the not that I didn't then it was just that job was more about surviving and I took it yeah. seriously. I had to learn languages and fights and all of that and learn my lines. But it was a it was once I got there, I just assumed that someone would talk me through what the character needed to go through. Now it's like, OK, what am I going to do here to just do the, the most best I can possibly bring to this job? Because I'm 50. <laughs> I'm not a kid. Is it a film or is it a is it a series? It's a it's a limited series. It's a great book. You would love it. Cindy would love it too. It's um mm. great, great best-selling, awesome, great book by this beautiful author, Laura Dave. And her husband is the screenwriter, Josh Singer, and he's incredible. He won um Oscar for Spotlight. And so he adapted it with her and some some other writers, but you know, he was the showrunner and it was just like a dream job, honestly. Fantastic. When are we going to see this? I don't know. I think next spring. Hmm. And who, uh, what are your castmates? Who else is in it? My castmates are, um, Nikolai Costa-Waldo, who was Jamie Lannister in Game of Thrones. Swoon. He's, um, (laughs) lovely and he's awesome he was so much fun so game and just great and then but my main castmate the love story is between me and my the girl who plays my stepdaughter and gallery rice and she it really was a love story I really do i love this girl so much she is from australia she's going back soon i'm gonna see her today um i'm heartbroken to think of her across the pond but i bet her real mom is really ready for her to get home and then just yeah. a you know, Aisha Tyler and Jeff Stoltz mm. and Victor Garber came in and did something. David Morris, no Josh Hamilton. It was an incredible cast. It was really special all the way around. Perfectly done. Produced by Reese. Which platform is this? Apple Plus. Apple. Uh, speaking of Apple, I just recently watched this really interesting series uh, about NASA. It's like an alternate history show. Um as though the Russians had arrived at the moon first. Mm-hmm. And so, it, you know, it's, it's really quite fun and the cast is great and I've really enjoyed it. So go Apple. That's awesome. Okay. I'll check that out. You know what else I'm yep. doing? I'm talking a lot to John Avnet, you know, Oh uh, yeah, the th- of course. Cause you're executive producing this, right? Yes. I am executive producing. So will you tell us about what you're executive producing here? <laughs> so John Avnet is an old friend of mine and he's a, you know, a director who's been around forever. You might know him from fried green tomatoes or a million different movies. Um, He just fell in love with our friend Bella and he wanted to make a documentary about her and started reaching out to me. And I was just talking to him and I'm talking him through the basic, like trying to translate a, a film director's mind for a film director's mind, what ballet is and trying to kind of, just bring him in and explain the training and explain the dedication and the, the way a, a mind might work or whatever, you know, from an outsider really, but um, just bridging the gap for him. And eventually he said, you know, we talked every week for an hour for months of the pandemic. And then eventually he said, you know, what I would love is if you would produce this. And I said, I don't want to do it. Just it's, I'm happy to talk to you. I'm happy to be helpful. You don't need my name on it. And, then he asked me if I really would. And so we've been working on this. He mostly John, of course, um, and his team. But he's been just like, he's been there, hasn't he? I mean, have you seen a ton of him? 
I have, I have, I really have. So um, he came, you know, it seems like years ago mm-hmm. and did initial interviews with me and Bella and filmed us in California and I don't even know where. And um, and then, you know, I injured my knee and he uh, thankfully did not capture that on film. I'm sure he's cursing the fact that he didn't, but uh, I'm actually doing interviews with him tomorrow. Yes, and so for the me, listeners yeah. out there, we're, we're talking about um, Isabella Boylston is my best friend who, who I call Cindy. And uh, this documentary is going to follow her career and uh, how she became a prima ballerina. And I, I will be playing, you know, buddy role. <laughs> You'll be playing a pretty significant buddy role. It will also follow your um, pre-injury, your comeback from injury, your first time back on stage. Um, whenever that may be, hopefully October 22nd. Um, yeah, you got, wow, you got the date and everything. Oh, I'm so rooting for you, James. I, Thanks. I really am. I know, I know what a big deal it is. So whenever, yeah, it's whenever it's right, but hopefully that's, yeah. uh, you know, hopefully that's, it's always nice to hit a target, but if you don't, the right time will present itself. Have you ever had any very serious injuries? I mean, I did have different things happen during alias, but nothing that took me out more that are still nagging. Um, mm. And then honestly, this is going to sound so goofy to you, but when you take a punch, you have to whip your own head and you give yourself whiplash. Mm. So during peppermint making peppermint, I was 44 or 45 and it's mm. a lot harder now. You know, I was, I whipped mm. my, I got hit so many times and um, I really have really messed up my neck. So I did a lot of PT for that, but nothing like what you guys have done. And then just, you know, yeah, no, nothing like, like what dancers. Well, through. I mean, very few people in my field do something as uh, traumatic physically as as my knee injury. And, you know, there I know a, a couple of other people, like one of the fellow principal dancers, had ruptured his Achilles tendon. There have been a lot of ACL and meniscus tears, repairs there. I was there. I mean, I was in the audience. I was. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. You were. Oh. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yes, I'm. I mean, I've it blocked makes me that sweat. out. Yeah, yeah. It makes me want to cry. Yeah, I think I traumatized. Um, I don't know, like five thousand people that day. No, and children. don't think of it that way. You had <laughs> you had five thousand beating hearts up there with you. Hmm. So it's been a it's been a ride, but uh, thankfully I've had a lot of silver linings, and um, I start back to work tomorrow. Oh my you know, God. It's, it's it's my first day of rehearsals in. Nine months. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, and by that, I'm, I have one hour because I'm only doing one show in one ballet. They had originally wanted me to do more, but physically, that's just not an option currently. And uh, you got to start somewhere. Hey, yeah. Progress, not perfection. So I'd like to know now that you've wrapped um, the Apple project, what is next for you. Oh my gosh. Well, um, I came home and I just kind of slammed right into pre-production for my next job that I, it's a movie I'm producing for Netflix. It's a family movie, which I love those. I love just putting out something joyful and fun for, I love, like I made this movie yesterday and I don't know if it was a smash. It did work really well. But, um, what I love about it is that little kids Everywhere. Like my kids and I went to England over spring break and little kids in England were like, mommy, mommy, it's, it's you know, so cute. <laughs> Made me so happy. And so that is yeah. it's a victory. One that I would, will probably never replicate, but nonetheless, um, I've been working with the same team on this other family movie called family leave. It's a big body switching movie. Uh-huh. And uh, we are just in the, thick of script work and just getting things nailed down. We're supposed to start in November, first of November, like wow. the 7th of November, I think, but we'll see. That's really soon. I know. Yeah. I know. So I came back and immediately went into the production office and just got after it. So you say things might not feel like yesterday again. Uh, I'd like to know which of your roles or projects that you've worked on has felt the most like lightning in a bottle? Oh, there's, there are a few. I mean, I've been so lucky, you know, like when Juno came out and it was, it was this tiny movie made for nothing, made for nothing. Mm. Um, and it just kept the, the world's embrace of that film was so much mm. fun at the time. Dallas mm. Buyers Club was made for less than nothing. When that movie came out, we just kind of, this groundswell of love and support for Matthew and Jared. And, you know, and I, I got to watch that because I'd had a front row seat to those performances and, and Jean-Marc Vallée, who we sadly lost this year. Um, that was, it was incredible to be part of that movie. And, Mm. you know, 13 going on 30 was, is something that still, I, I talk about it every single day. Somebody says something to me about it. If I'm out and about, um, and then Adam Project, like, 
that's a recent one, but I'm so proud of it. I'm so, I feel so lucky that I got to be in it. It's just such, Mm. my parents had never seen it and they're visiting me and they wanted to watch it. And so we watched it and I was like, gosh, that's a good movie. You know? Yeah. I had such a good time watching that movie. It just made me happy. So fun. Yeah. And that kid was awesome. What's his name again? Walker Scobell. Love that kid. I texted him a picture of the two of us together as I was watching. I was like, oof, this makes me miss you, kiddo. Oh, my gosh. So as you, um, you know, maybe you're not going to be doing the big fight scenes as much as you used to or not, depending on your whiplash. uh, What do you see happening for you in the future? Do you want to be on screen more, behind the scenes more? working on projects outside of the sort of Hollywood world. What's next? I've always kind of worked, you know, in a blender um, and I kind of do it all at once, but I do think I have another action movie in me. I just think I have to be smarter going into it about. Hell yeah. Yeah. Like why not? I'm in really good shape. I'm ready to fight someone. I I like to fight someone. I, I like it. I like the choreography. I like the training. I like my stunt double is one. Shauna Duggins is, um, she's actually the stunt coordinator for most of what I do now. She was on the last thing you told me she will be on my next movie. Um, but she also has doubled me for 20 some years and she's like a dance partner, you know, like we are so, we're so, so close. And, um, I love training with her. She gets, she was a gymnast all the way through college and really serious. She's so tall that she's my height, um, that she was, you know, it, she morphed it into doing what she does, but she's just fucking cool. I love her. So I'm always up for that, but I will be smart about it next time. And um, let's see. I I feel like there's something in me that feels like, oh, I've gone back to work. Like I, mm. Hollywood gave me the grace to keep a toe in while I really raised little kids and was pregnant for years and nursing for years and had little babies and and not that my tenth, my my fifth grader is big, but I've kind of gone back to work. As long as I'm shooting yeah. in LA, I feel like I, I can do this. You know, I can do it, and they are okay, and it's good for me. And I feel like that's ultimately good for them. And um, I work with productions to, you know, we really work through the schedule. And this is a mom day. I need this. Is something I, you know. Um, and that's, that's kind of a big thing. It means there's a little less time right now for Save the Children, which is weird because I've devoted so much time to it in the, in, yeah. and it is important to me and I, I will find a way. But that's kind of weird. Normally, I'm traveling for them every month. So it's a little bit of a trade-off, but whatever. It's okay. Well, I'm there. So how, you know, you've had a very fabulous career and how do you know when you've had enough and i'm not talking about stopping i'm talking about the level of satisfaction that you have how do you negotiate your time and make it so that you are happy i think i'm a different person on set than i am at home and i do i need to see that person and i i had got i had spent so much time focusing on my family that i forgot that gal and uh but i can overdo it too i know that i can who is she what is she like she's just i would say like the the team captain hmm 
rah-rah team captain and and like the focused captain who's like okay guys you know i don't know it's just it's like a different it's a different thing um and i just love crew members i love if uh, give me a cameraman and a grip to hang out with and i'm the happiest girl in the world um <laughs> but that being said uh what is what is too much if I feel out of balance the other way and I'm not getting time, I'm not seeing my kids, I will not be happy. So mm. I will keep, you know, I always have to be careful with that. What brought, what brought you back to Hollywood and working as much as you do uh, now that your kids are, are more self-sustaining? I just feel like my family is more settled in general. You know, um, I think that I needed a healthy, a healthier family system. To work mm. from, and I think, yeah, yeah, and you wanted to go back to the beauty and creativity of the arts. I would imagine. Yeah, I mean, we're artists, you know. We, it, you're like, you're missing something if you're not creating. I'm sure this last year, the grind of it. And look, you always find a way to be creative. You're writing. You're doing. You're creating. You're. I'm sure there are things I don't even have any idea about, um, and I can't wait to hear them. And but it's still not your thing, you know, and I'm always being creative no matter what, but it's, but it's not, this feels like I feel really in my body right now. I feel like, okay, I, I'm, um, I'm working from a place of happiness. In a weird way, I think artists take a really long time to get comfortable with themselves Yeah, because, you know, we find such an identity in what we do that we don't quite figure out who we are and how we exist within those constraints. And so we're constantly trying to perform that we're this thing instead of just being ourselves. And uh, certainly for me, as I get older and as I experience different types of things, I just think, gosh, I'm actually pretty comfortable at this point and I feel okay with being myself. Mm-hmm. I, I'm with you. I've never felt the need to chase it. You know, it, once I actually, I've never felt the need to chase more than I have. I've, once I had a family, it was, I really needed the balance. I really needed the, to actually be with these kids. And I'm lucky because Nicole, you met Nicole, my, um, my manager and kind of partner in crime mm-hmm. for 23 years this week. Um, she has made it possible for me to have both because she has put my family first along with me and she has not let me give up on work. Um, and then we just started producing our own stuff. Actually, my Reese Witherspoon said to me, honey, nobody is sitting around thinking how to shoot things in LA to make it possible for you to be a mom and work. So you're going to have to figure that out yourself. You better get on it. And, and that was really, she's right. And by the way, my last job she produced my next one I'm producing. I mean, she's really right. Amazing. Well, sounds like a good buddy. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I just want to thank you so much for coming on front row and chatting with me. I value your friendship and think of you often and with respect and love. Sind, we can't be done. I don't think we've been... What do you mean? I feel like we have more interesting things. Well, yeah, but, you know, we we got things to do. I know, but let's just, let's just, let's dig around. Let's figure out what's something that we don't, what's something we don't normally talk about. 
Come on, Sims. Oh, gosh. Okay. All right. All right. Fine. Fine. I'm, I'm being bullied. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Something we don't usually talk about. Sind. I don't know. Sind. What are you supposed to go back with? Am I allowed to ask you anything? Oh, you're welcome to ask me whatever you like. Um, I'm going back with whipped cream, which is a oh, right, sort right, of right. surrealist. Um, is that Ratmansky? You know, yeah, Ratmansky. It's like a the Nutcracker on mushrooms. Oh, that devil! Yeah, it's hard, but it's it's not the hardest. Yeah, he. I like his, I like his sense of humor. I feel like his dance has it's like so fast and so hard and then it'll suddenly break into lyricism and it's so beautiful when it does but it's he's amazing it's always funny yeah you know what i loved can we talk about of love and rage because yeah not enough people have seen that ballet yet and i got to see i saw it at seekerstrom's which is has to be one of the first times that was the first that was the first run whoa what a thrill that was a thrill you were unbelievable it was so fun it was so fun to watch you and Corey was so good and obviously kate and iran were just like insane but wow and it gave the core i feel like he gives the core something really chewy and i love Mm -hmm. watching your core shine because you know i've now inserted myself into your entire company so i'm rooting for them (laughs) you know i'm really psyched to see all of them and i can spot them on stage like they're all my kids so that's really fun oh yeah, I mean, I'm looking forward to just getting back out there. I, you know, I have my reservations currently. I don't feel 100% at all. And so uh, I feel like I can do what I need to do, but I just, I'm feeling like it's just going to look a little worse than usual. And I'm hoping people are understanding of that. They will absolutely be. And by the way, you have like seven or eight weeks. Don't forget. Yeah. That's a long way. That's a big, where you are right now, that's a big difference from here to there. You have a long, you have a long time and it's not like yeah. you're going to stop working, but I'm sure the, no. I'm sure w- what you would be doing in rehearsal would just be fun right now. And right now, instead it's just, just not that sexy. Yeah, no, I just feel pretty lame, but uh, I'm really happy to be back in the atmosphere of work you know it's like all of these people that i usually am around for nine hours a day in our sweaty pajamas like i really miss that energy where you were just hanging out with your buddies exactly <laughs> yes Sind, what do you do just in general i mean i'm sure this this last year has been such a huge example of it we don't have to talk about it specifically but when you are just feeling like Tapped and it the fun has gone out of what you do. Where do you go to fill your wellspring? Like, what is 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 that why you need you always have an alter ego going on or another like another way to perform or another thing happening? Does that help offset those moments? I think the moments that I get where the joy leaves mm-hmm. is when I do too much mm-hmm. when I say yes to too many things. Mm-hmm. When I am overcast and I am, I'm uh, carrying too much mm-hmm. dance. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Physically, I get very tired. You know, there were there were weeks and months uh, in preparation for seasons in which I would start at 10 a.m. and go to 7 p.m. with no lunch or anything, and so I would be like shoveling 
you know, half a sandwich in on a five minute break and then going back into it. And that repeated schedule of physical activity can, um, it makes you kind of crazy. And so I would get, I have this duty to, to not letting people down, not letting myself down to work really hard to be that sort of example, I guess, but, and all with good spirit and humor and all that jazz. But after a while, you're just like, God damn it. Can I just eat a sandwich? Mm -hmm. You know? Mm -hmm. Um, And so when things like that happen, uh, it takes me a really long time to get to this sort of switch point where I'm like miserable. Um, And when that happens, I feel... I feel like those are the types of things that fuel outside creative projects. Mm-hmm. And and there are even very simple things that I like to do that make me happy, like getting a great meal with some friends or going to see a movie or playing video games online with a couple of my buddies. Uh, it It is all about balance. But the thing is, uh, I dance for a ballet company in which it's really difficult to dictate your own workload. And you can try and get the powers that be to understand the physical limitations, the mental limitations of of the work. But at the end of the day, if there are a bunch of people injured and you're the only one left standing, you're going to have to shoulder the work. Otherwise, there's no show. Uh, So all of that factors in and you're just trying to make it happen. And it's hard sometimes, but it also feels like a bit of like a badge. I mean, I'm sure you felt like this too, where you're like, you're like, I'm, I'm the guy who is saving it in a way. Totally. And not to mention, we're both in careers where your whole, your whole trajectory, your whole way up, you're dying to be in the position you're in. You know, you're like, you had to be growing up. You couldn't even imagine. And you want to be there because part of what's propelled you to that place is your sense of your good sense of humor. And you're just meaning like your good sense of how to work and be a good guy, you know, and I feel like the same is true of me that I am, you know, people say, oh, she's great to have on set. She's nice. She works hard. You can count on her. And so I'm so determined to not let anyone down in that way. But I'm also allowed, and you're also allowed when you need to let people down, when you need to be tired or throw a fit and you need not throw a fit, but you know what I mean? Like you need to just have a breath or be grumpy or drop the facade for a minute of being nice. If it is, feels like a facade because you've overdone it. Yeah, That is, um, it's a scary thing, right? Because nobody can really take it from someone who's taught (laughs) people that I don't have another switch. This is my switch. I am in this mode when I'm at work. You know what I mean? I absolutely know what you mean. And, you know, coming in, I feel like there have been so many generational switches at ABT since I've joined. I've been there 10 years and I've seen, seen so many people retire and I'm, one of the oldest dancers now. And so there is, you know, like you feel like team captain on set. I feel like dance captain in the studio. I feel like mean daddy, but like nice, you know? Mm -hmm. And so you have, 
you have that sort of uh, sense of responsibility because there's no rule book on how to behave in this type of work setting. It's really unique. It is really weird. It is a weird yeah, workplace. Same. And and so just trying to be cool is, and by cool, I mean like even and, and lovely, it is high priority for me. Mm-hmm. I think one of the things you and Bella have done so beautifully together from my small vantage point is um, pulling people up instead of, and I've talked to you about this before, but instead of, you know, making sure everyone knows that you are top dog and that you are threatening and, you know, that instead you just embrace that this is an, this is a, a world that is constantly evolving and that you might as well just bring them up, embrace their greatness, help them be better, celebrate um, everyone else's growth on top of your own. And it, it, it only ingratiates you to the company, to your audiences. I mean, everyone sees that. Everyone sees the respect you have for the rest of the company. And I, I think that that's, it's really admirable. Ballet is not known for that. I feel like you guys have shifted that narrative. And I think that relates back to what we were talking about earlier about uh, feeling insecure and the way that artists tend to um, take a long time to get comfortable in their own skin. And I found that when I witness people sort of reverting back to that old school way of ballet divahood, I find it's always because they're unhappy with something about themselves or about their situation. And uh, I, I don't know this. I think this is an important thing, even though it maybe doesn't sound great. I've always known that I have something to offer to dance. I've always known that I, I'm a unique voice in dance. I may not be the best dancer in the world, and I and absolutely am fine with that. But um, I've been very comfortable being myself this whole time. And I think it's served me well. And if there are any aspiring artists out there, um, I recommend you accept yourself as soon as possible. Truly, it really is about knowing what do you specifically have to offer? And I don't think you can know that until you get older. So you can't like be 18 and be like, I know, I know, I know who I am. Let me show, you know, because you can, but you're kind of, you're trying it out. You don't actually know until that's part of just the beauty of aging. And that's why I'm not afraid of aging is that, oh, I only get better. I'm only settling into myself and more and giving myself permission to be authentic more, even if it isn't always pretty or even if it isn't always, um, you know. That's very hard for me. That The sort of the vulnerability factor is difficult Mm -hmm. for me. Yeah, I get that. I think, you know, I, I I like to present what you spoke of earlier, that sort of team player, eager beaver, happy-go-lucky, fun guy. I do too, but I, I, and I'm also starting to be able to say, I'm just really focused right now. I'm not grumpy with anyone. This is, I, I have to really think right now. This is taking everything. Mm. So just, you know, give me a little, don't think I'm mad. Just let me focus, you yeah. know. 
Or I also, in this last show, at one point, I I took someone aside and said, let me tell you why this isn't working for me, because I so badly want this to work. And I can tell you do too. And I mean, I just feel like, gosh, so much just comes from insecurity, fear. That's really it, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Insecurity Mm -hmm. and fear, fear and insecurity. I tell my kids that all the time when they have a problem with someone else. I'm just, well, Mm -hmm. what do you think? What do you think they're scared of? What do you think? How can you be helpful to them instead of just reacting to what they're giving you? Mm-hmm. Gosh, it the reaction is is a hard thing to school, though. You know, like the emotional reaction to things is so natural, but um, not always productive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh no! I mean, and it happens. It's just you get older and you start to be able to actually talk about it and say. I just had an emotional reaction. I'm sorry. But you know what's interesting yeah. is that um, for actresses, we were, have always been seen as competitive with each other because if you think about it, there's one or there are one or two roles, maybe three for every woman of for women in movies that are just we're just used to seeing, you know, eight, ten guys for every woman on screen. It'll be the woman, her best friend, and maybe a boss, something like that. And then it's just all, mm-hmm. all men. And when Me Too started, we started all meeting together. And we had never really, other than these celebrity meetings and other than literally backstage at award shows or events like that, we had yeah. never been together. We'd been siloed off. Yeah. And we were just like, Oh, oh, we're, we don't hate each other. Like, I never thought anyone hated me and I never hated anyone else, but there was a feeling of like, do they want to be around me? Do I want to be, am I nervous? I was nervous. I didn't think of them as just girls. I thought of them all as stars and me as like, I don't know, not, I don't know. And it was so like, it was so eye opening. And once you break that open, there's no going back. Now there is no one that I don't feel like I could pick up the phone and call and say, can we figure out how to help this community together? Could we figure out how to, you know what I mean? And it's just, yeah. um, it changed, it changed everything. Mm. So in that time, is there anybody specifically you felt like you really connected with? Um, I connected with a, just a group of girls. I connected with, it was more the idea of it than anyone specific, but um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was more just the the opening of Pandora's box in a good way. Yeah, amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think uh, f- similarly, but completely unrelated. I think ABT, the for listeners out there, the company I dance for, they work really hard at maintaining an atmosphere among the dancers. The dancers are really cognizant of how they speak to one another how they treat one another the not letting insecurity really creep in to the point where you can't work with other people and i i hear stories about a lot of companies i've been doing this a long time and i'm really proud of the way that abt dancers treat one another mm-hmm. wow that's really great to hear i mean it it, it looks is. that way but that's nice to hear and i love um I love when you guys are all mixed up at a festival somewhere like Vail, which I, you know, I love. Oh or, yeah. I love that. I love how you um, inform each other and each other's work and watching you put choreography on someone else or something like, I just think that that is, um, 
I don't know. That's one of my favorite things to see. Oh, it's so fun. I love mixing with other companies too. You get to be inspired by incredible people all over the world. I got to see Bella in Serenade, which. The best. Like yeah, the best. So, so great. All right. I will, I will let you go now. I feel like you have enough (laughs) stuff that you can cut out the yucky stuff and figure out what's good. Absolutely. We got plenty in there. So I am just really grateful. Thank you for, for joining me on this show. And uh, everybody out there, definitely go uh, follow Jenny Garns, as I like to call her, or West Coast Cindy uh, <laughs> on Instagram, Facebook, whatever, all the things. And uh, keep keep an eye out for the last thing he told me. For sure. It's next year. But yes. <laughs> it's next year. So, I mean, this won't come out for a long time. So I think that's good. Okay, good. Well, I adore you. Thanks for, <laughs> thanks for asking. I'm always happy to talk to you under any circumstances, even a podcast. Even a podcast. (laughs) All right. Thanks. Don't forget to subscribe and review this podcast. And if you like it, share it with your friends or on social media. You can follow me on all social platforms by searching James Whiteside. My book, Center Center, a funny, sexy, sad, almost memoir, is available everywhere in all formats. Front Row uses music from the song A-Flat by Black Violin. Check out the show notes on jamesbwhiteside.com for exclusive video and audio from this podcast. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.